Hello and welcome to another episode of Improperly Packaged, a show where we unbox topics related to movies, TV, games, whatever. I am Jordan, with me is Luke. How are you doing, Luke? I'm doing well, Jordan. Good, good. Welcome doing to November. Well. Did you did you do... Yep. Holiday time. Holiday time, yeah, it's here. I mean, are you uh, Christmasing up the house or are you falling? No, falling. not at all. <laughs> we have a pumpkin and we have our fake pumpkins out front bethany's put out more pumpkins around the house little fluffy ones yeah i mean after after like decorating and stuff for like halloween i just don't have it in me to do anything else other than christmas at this point i think we might decorate a a a wee a wee bit early because um we're going out of town for several days for Thanksgiving and I don't want to be thinking about that when we come back. I'd rather the place just be done by the time we come back and just be like, all right, right. flick on that Christmas switch. Let's go. I don't want to think about <laughs> lighting up the joint. It does take a while to get all the lights and tree and all that. Yeah. So you're going to put your tree up early. You bet. You. I know you're wild, right? You just pull it out of the shed. That's what happens when you get the artificial tree every year. Just, you can definitely see as you get older, it's like, it would be nice to just call somebody to have them do all this for me. To decorate? That would be something. That sounds like rich people thing, though. Like, doesn't it? You, tell, you, you I imagine, like, coming home to my giant house. There are all these people on ladders <laughs> putting up things in the scaffolding. Sounds good to me. Sounds like a Netflix, something I'd like see if I close my eyes and imagine like a Netflix Christmas special, like, I don't know, Christmas Prince or whatever. Do you watch those? <laughs> I try not to. I do everything I can not to. You know, it gets tough. I mean, like, I, I, I've heard a lot of people like talking about like watching movies during Halloween versus watching movies during Christmas. And while I like Christmas movies a lot better than like horror movies the thing is is like there's there's no shortage of like quality things you can watch during halloween because it's like it's just horror movies that come out year round constantly forever and so like you have your pick of the litter but christmas movies are a little bit less yeah but i would i would venture to say that those just because it's a horror movie doesn't mean it's a halloween movie yeah, I mean, I can stretch that. Would be that. my opinion. I can stretch it pretty far. I think there was one year where during the pandemic we watched Contagion, and I justified it as a Halloween movie. I think it's really scary, isn't it? Ooh. <laughs> That's quite a stretch. I'm yeah, I know. I, I'm full of those. I'm full of those. It's this time of year where I like, uh, as I've stated on the podcast before, I believe that this is the time of year where I watch movies that have Christmas in it, but in no way can be justified as being a Christmas movie. It, it, this is my time in November uh, to watch those movies. Um, the Green Knight is one of them. <laughs> yeah. Where <laughs> there's a lot of talk of Christmas. T- at times it takes place on Christmas. <laughs> but I don't think there's a world where you could, <laughs> in good faith, call it a Christmas movie. <laughs> I think I found the perfect movie for what we're talking about. What's that? I texted it to you. It's called Thanksgiving. It's a horror movie about Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's out in theaters, isn't it? It's like, uh, or coming to theaters, right? Yeah, yeah. I wonder if that's based on 
because there was a fake trailer that was with uh, the Grindhouse movies, a horror Thanksgiving. I, I don't know if this is like directly inspired from that or or if it's just a completely different thing. I saw the trailer uh, when I went to go see Saul X. I saw the trailer for it. I didn't know it was yeah. a thing until then, but <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> There's some actual like recognizable people in it. Oh, yeah? There's a Black Friday riot, and then there's some killer that's terrorizing Plymouth, Massachusetts. I mean, you know, interesting. You, get, you gotta have some Thanksgiving movies, right? You got to. Planes, trains, and automobiles can't be it for all of time, you know. I I've said it before. I always thought um, Saint Elmo's Fire was a a good Thanksgiving movie. It really? takes place in the fall, okay. in New England, and. I don't know. It feels very Thanksgiving-y. Spider-Man's a Thanksgiving movie. You still need to see that movie, Jordan. You haven't seen it, right? I haven't seen it, no. There's a lot of classics that I just have not seen. It's a really good one. There's so many people. It's a Joel, Joel Schumacher movie. Yeah, some bangers. Demi Moore, Rob Lowe, Andrew McCarthy, Emilio Estevez, Judd Nelson. Need I say more? <laughs> No, you got me. So let's see. St. Elmo's Fire. Let's see if it's uh, streaming anywhere. And it is... People probably know the song, honestly, better than the movie. but It's not streaming anywhere. Both things are good. But I can make it work. I can figure it out a, a way to watch this. Yeah, look at these bright young whippersnappers in the prime <laughs> of their lives. I love it. It does it's like them coming fun. out of college. Trying to move on to the next chapter. Their struggles with that. It's a lot of fun. It's a good one. All right. I'll Joel Schumacher it. would probably be a good one to like do a series on his his movies. Yeah, I mean he then has an eclectic for Batman, right? <laughs> right, any excuse to get to Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, but he, you know, he has a really eclectic mix of all different types of movies. He, I, th- I think he's pretty well rounded. As a director, he can do a lot. Number 23, I, I forgot that was in Lost Boys, Phantom mm-hmm. of the Opera, Phone Booth, Bad yeah, like Company, all these movies, Tigerland. Like, <laughs> you would never think like the same director would direct the, all those movies that you just named. Yeah, yeah. He's very, uh, he was very talented, I think. Um, yeah. So, Luke. We've been watching slash playing slash listening to. Uh, let's see. What have I been listening to? We did a lot of uh, a lot of driving, as I was telling you earlier. Yeah. Um, so honestly, I had done a lot of the uh, the DJ that we were talking about. Did we mention it on here? I don't know if we did. Oh, I don't know. But we that may have been like a pre podcast. <laughs> you and I talked thing. about it, but I don't. I don't know if we mentioned it. Um, there's a cool feature if people don't know, and I know Jordan didn't know before I told him where there's basically AI generated uh, DJ mm-hmm. on Spotify that just kind of runs through. It's kind of like a, a mixtape of, of things that you might like and things that it knows you like because you've hearted it or listened to it a lot. And uh, there's also this guy with this voice that calls you out by name because yeah. you know, whatever the name of the account is that you're streaming under. And uh, it's pretty cool. It's pretty neat. So yeah, I'd, I'd recommend it just, I hate to be a shill for Spotify, but uh, it's a, it's a product I enjoy. That's that's the only reason I really share it. But uh, 
It's a cool feature. I'm Indeed. sure other people come out with one. Um, here's one song that I hearted a while, a little while back. Um, Tyler Childers. It's called Nose on the Grindstone, um, featuring our vinyl. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. And I think, you know, I haven't listened to the song in a little bit, but I think this was one that I had thought of you when I heard it. It's got oh. that acoustic, like, I don't know how to, raw emo feel to it. Almost like, a, you know, there's country and then there's there's like something else that I feel like is a little undefined. It's um, it's what we've talked about before, but it's almost like a out of the city music, <laughs> like you know, the countryside music. Instead of country, it's like I know what you mean, and I, I like that kind of thing. Yeah, like yeah, I think Peter of like Bradley Adams, Pete like Yorn, Kansas, you know, or you know, Wyoming or something like. Yeah, I think of a guy out in the mountains, like playing the guitar, like by the fire. That's what I, this kind of music makes me think of. And uh, Tyler Childers, that's kind of music he makes. He's got that, like, country sound, but like I said, it's got that motherland kind of sound. It's, it's like, less Alabama, Tennessee, and more, like I was saying, like, Wyoming or something feel to it. I don't actually know where he's from. That's just me. (laughs) He's like, yo, man, I'm not from any of those places. Yeah. (laughs) But I like it because I... Because that's what I hear. Yeah. Anyways, could so. I I hearted it. I just hearted it. So I'll give it a look. Mm -hmm. Um, let's see. Um, I've gotten into Post Malone. Um, his album Austin. It's really good, man. Like I, I think like for, for whatever reason with like Post Malone, I think during his like inception, I think it's one of those things where I. I, I think I judged him. Like, I was like, nope, nope, not going to be for me. Not a thing I'd like. Nope, I was wrong. I like yeah. him. I yeah. like Post Malone quite a bit. And he's evolved a lot, so your opinion has probably evolved as he's evolved, too. That, that's quite – I need to go back because I've listened to uh, Austin uh, quite a bunch. And so, like, yeah. I, I'd like it's to go so back. It's so different. It's really good. It's like, so You go back good. to Stony, and it just sounds so different. Okay, so this might be my jam and maybe like older Post Malone, not as much, but I, I know there's like certain songs I like the, from, you know, his older albums, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Either way, he's knocking out of the park with me with uh, this new one. It's really good, really good stuff. Just like one, it's well written, and I think like there's something about him, though, that's like it's really well produced. Like as far as like if some of these songs like yep. if it was just done a different way there was, it wouldn't be as cool but the way he produces a lot of it it just sounds so unique and uh, transportive in in a way where it really does put you in a place it's good stuff it is there's a lot of good songs I do have to say that this is one of those rare times where I do feel like not that it's the best but that chemical song. Yeah, Chemical's ridiculous. It's very good. It's an excellent song. Mm-hmm. Um, it's ridiculous. Sometimes I think the singles are kind of the throwaway song sometimes, but in this case, I, I, was, I was very impressed with that song. They it chose correct. Well written. Yeah. Um, anyways, I guess that's it for you. <laughs> that's it for me. What you been watching slash playing? Um, so I, had, I got a couple things here. Um it's funny, we, we talked for quite a while last 
week about Disney Plus and that article on uh, the Hollywood Reporter and, you know, on both of our feelings on it. And, uh, you know, it was really just a bunch of talk because that's just our opinions. And I think I think a lot of people would have different opinions on Disney TV, Disney uh, Plus, and that's totally fine. Um, but How dare they? Because we talked about it, I jumped back in. And so first, before I talk about this, um, we are going to see Marvel's later this week. And um, yep. so I, I watched a recap of Miss Marvel and then watched like a little bit of the last episode of the actual show. But I watched it. There's like a the recap guy or something on YouTube. He, he's obviously pretty big. A lot of he's got a lot of views and a lot of subscribers. Um, but he did a really good job of showing scenes and talking it through as it's happening. So he would, he like did this super cut. I don't, I don't, I don't know how he didn't get taken down, honestly, but he had like this cut of scenes from the whole show and he just worked his way right through what happened. And it was just impressive. It was like eight minutes of him just talking almost as fast as he could about, okay, this is what happens here. And then this is what happens. And then there's this interesting thing here that we've never seen in the Marvel cinematic universe or, you know, or whatever the MCU. And then, and then this, and then this, and it was, it was very impressive. So definitely recommend him. If you want to catch up on something before you watch a movie or show or whatever you're going to do. Um, Luke, I'm just picking up on this. I don't, I don't know if your mic's on. I don't know why, but I think I'm just picking up on this. <sighs> so annoying. It's all I'm plugged in. Let me, let me restart it real quick. All right. That's like an elevator um, Sonic 2. I don't know why it does this. What? It's not giving me the option. Oh, doesn't believe in that mic anymore? That's weird. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I should probably be talking about something like substantive um, while he's doing this, but you know. I don't know, man. I don't really know what to say. I'm just so tired. Today is a tired day. I feel like maybe like my my what I'm eating is a problem, but I feel like I have zero energy. I don't know if that's being reflected oh on the God. podcast. Someone unplugged it. Uh, I blame the dog. Oh, I hear that tippity tap. Gosh. The Miss Marvel recap. <laughs> Someone unplugged it. Um, the sound has gone down now. Um, okay. So yeah, I would definitely recommend him. Like I said, if you want to catch up on stuff, um, let me look it up. Mister Recap, I think is the name. It'll probably be very useful yeah. for people. Like Mr. Recap. Um. I was very impressed with it because I, I just I just typed in real quick like oh what's a recap of uh, the Marvel? It's not Mister Recap. That's not the right guy. <laughs> um, I, I, I would love to Mister Recap the real name because it was just it was very impressive what he did. Um, this is not good radio. It's good content. <laughs> 
Um, who is man that? Man of Recaps. Yep, that's who man it is. Of man of Recaps. And so he has like his popular ones are like Attack on Titan, uh, The Marvels, Walking Dead, Ahsoka. He seems to be a big fan of like the Marvel stuff, like we are Game of Thrones, Star Wars, um, Ted Lasso. Yeah, he's really he's really good. He's got five hundred thousand subscribers anyways that's kind of a distraction but but yeah definitely check him out if you do need something like that um but loki loki was what is what i was kind of building up to um i got i jumped back into that like we'd said i i had kind of been out of disney plus for a while and hadn't been watching anything um but loki has been for me and i think continues to be my favorite thing that's come out on the service just period it really there's not there's not even really competition i i've enjoyed other things um moon knight was fun i you know i like the hawkeye and uh i look forward to a daredevil you know and and mandalorian great i really enjoyed that but loki for me what i liked about it was it did something that none of those shows really did which was it, it went in a different direction it went with new ideas it went with something that kind of surprised me you know i was not expecting that to be what they talked about in a loki show i mean if you think about it if you go back before you know if you have watched loki if you went back and thought okay what are they going to do with loki it's like yeah yeah they'll probably show him getting up to some shenanigans with his brother when he was younger you know before the events of the avengers and the events of thor and all that right you know maybe what he did on the planet before um Zeus came or not Zeus it's not Zeus right it's Odin yeah there's the, there's the god of lightning Thor and then the god of thunder right Odin right different um, mythologies <laughs> yeah but anyways it, it just you know you, you would have thought all those kind of things and, and the direction they ended up going in you know not to get into it because I, I really don't think anybody who, who hasn't seen it needs it explained to it. I think you should you should go watch it and the second season I I've been very happy. I wouldn't say surprised, but just happy that it's kind of continued that very interesting quality of, of storytelling about something that just, you know, something like Mandalorian. It's a great show. I love it, but it is more star Wars, you know, which is not a bad thing. It's just, it's just a different part of the star Wars universe. That's telling a very star Warsy story. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just not, it never really surprised me. It just it just delighted me. And there's something when a show not only delights me but surprises me that that I think is what sets a piece of entertainment apart from me. And that's what Loki did. You know, it's it's not that Loki is this like, oh yeah, this is a ten out of ten quality. It's that it's good quality, but it's very interesting. That and that's what I like about it a lot. And uh, you know, we just watched episode five, I think so think we're up to date right now and yeah i'm just if anything i think i might be enjoying the second season even a little bit more it's oh, very wow. interesting what they're doing you know they set up so much in season one and they went in some interesting places but i kind of like where it is now where it's like loki is more aware of what's going on he's much more of a active you know pusher of the storyline and I like how it dabbles in physics. I've talked about that before. Like I love the science stuff and, and obviously time being such a huge part of Loki is just 
so interesting to me. I, you know, I, I think quantum physics is one of the most interesting things about the world we live in. And though I understand very little of it, I still find it very interesting. And Loki kind of dabbles in that kind of stuff. And I just find it great. It, it Loki was never one of my favorite characters, but, but this storyline has, has just endeared me to that character. And Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston, like just, ping-ponging off of each other and you know obviously they have good chemistry on on screen and it just it's hitting on all cylinders for me i'm I'm really enjoying it and yeah just a gush fest for me really enjoying that good yeah i'm i i think i we literally like before we started this podcast i just finished the few remaining minutes of that most recent episode episode five as you said yeah Episode um, four was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. A little bit of a insane. cliffhangers. Um, c- quick question: you, you mentioned you you did a recap. Uh, you like kind of watched a recap, and then you saw like the last episode of Miss Marvel, just to kind of go back a little bit. What were your impressions of the show? I know you you don't have a. a I did total... not. I did not watch. <laughs> I did not watch that whole episode. I I didn't even feel like doing that. Okay. I just I watched the ending to see like what the transition. It's a little bit of a spoiler alert, everyone, for the end of Miss Marvel. Right? But now that you've been warned, the ending where it transitioned into Captain Marvel showing up at Miss Marvel's bedroom, I I just kind of wanted to see how that happened. So I I watched like the little bit where she's talking to her dad and naming her, which is always the goofiest part of any Your of these shows marvelous. and movies. Kind the of excuses like they use for Marvel. the names are always so silly. Yeah, <laughs> and it was the same for that. Your name actually means Marvel. Yeah, but anyways, I just wanted to kind of see how, because I know that's how like the movie's going to start with the whole like jumping between places. I'm I'm always so interested, you know, stuff like like we we're saying with Loki, you know, uh, so hard. It's like if people aren't up to date with this show, but. Uh, He's jumping, let's say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's quote-unquote doing some jumping in the movie. I won't, you know, detail what that means, but I just, I I want it to then be referenced and kind of, you know, like I want those things to matter a lot in like the upcoming Marvels because they're dealing with somewhat similar issues with their powers and it would just be cool if like TVA, you know, Loki's jumping thing, like, had something, some connection, you know, I, I right. hate it when these things are like, you get so invested in one thing and then you go to the other thing and you want them to tie kind of like they used to and they just don't even mention it. And that always Right. And you'd me, feel so. Loki out of I all of them do. would have the most implications, you know, because of just how wide reaching the whole TVA concept is. I mean, yeah. it's kind of like yeah. what you're saying, like how yeah. the, the Eternals happened and we had a, we have a little celestial, starting to pop out of the planet mm-hmm. we haven't even talked about it yet yep. i mean I... never shown up on any other thing they haven't flown past it even it's like come right on. it's like i'm sure it will happen but i feel like that would be something that would be of the utmost urgency to reference in something else yeah it's like but, um, no we were doing something else didn't even notice that that was happening right like, i feel like dr strange yeah, you would might have that. something to say you know Literally the only time that I can remember, and maybe there's been more, that the TVA's even been, like, referenced is Quantumania. Yeah. The rumor is that they have a... it wasn't, like, a big part of it at all. Yeah. 
the rumor is that they're going to have a, a big role to play in uh, Deadpool. Um, but, you know, yet to be yep. seen. I guess you get to a point where you've written so many storylines that it's almost impossible. And especially when you bring in new people and they want to tell their own story. Yeah. And then it's like, well, we did this one thing in a season two of Moon Knight, you know, or something yeah, geez, like that. It's like, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't consider that when I wrote my story about an orphan kid in Missouri, you know, or something like that. Like, <laughs> but it's, but you know, you want people to do that. Like, like write something from your heart, something that you can be passionate about. It's tough. It's a tough assignment. Yeah. Anyways, talked enough about that. Modern Warfare three came out. Mm. Which the campaign is out and I've been playing it and, um, it's been getting a lot of bad reviews, bad press fans, apparently are raiding bombing it which is always a shame um an ign post story that they were doing it to the wrong game they were doing it to the modern warfare 3 from like 2011 or whenever it was which just i'm sorry but are you kidding me um and i don't know i i'm kind of split on it i i can see where you can feel the shortcuts that were taken on this campaign. You can feel that the essence of Warzone was used to create this story. But at the same time, I'm having fun, and I think the main point of any campaign is to have fun. And so for that, you know, I, I'm willing to be more um, forgiving of it. I there's There's times at which... The mission is being set up, you know, the next part of the story is being told and it's just showing like radio signals in the person's name. And clearly that was used so that there wasn't going to have to be any rendering or, you know, any 3D animation done. And, you know, that does feel cheap. You know, I spent $70 on it and I know, you know, zombies are coming, multiplayer is coming. But at the same time, a lot of those things, they just, they already have a lot of the groundwork done. And I just... You know, like everybody, you know, we do want, we want to feel like we bought something for a good reason. Yeah. So I have not finished the campaign, so I really can't just say, you know, matter of factly that this is how I feel about it in total. But um, so far, I'd say I'm having fun with it. Um, there's some enjoyable new mechanics that they've kind of added. Um, kind of, I would say the main thing that they kind of changed about it was open. I think they call it like open warfare, open combat or something. And the idea is you have a mission, you have to do something, but they just drop you into the map. And a lot of times you will come down on a even a parachute so you can then go to wherever part. You know, there's no mm. linearness to or it at all. And then you, to unlock new guns, you find these chests and unlock them. And then you can go to these other places where you can like change your loadout and have different guns and stuff. Mm. So that's kind of cool, um, but it does feel like okay. This just feels like you took a part of Warzone and just like plopped in some AI guys, and now you're just doing a mission, which is fun. But it's at the same time, I do see how it's like this was probably very easy to do and didn't cost you a lot of money. Um, and that was something I did enjoy about Modern Warfare Two. Um, you know, so last year's campaign, 
was that I felt like there were some moments where it was like, this is so different and it just feels, it feels like a full fledged campaign. And, and this one feels at times it's like some of these missions. Yeah, this is really cool. This feels like, you know, modern warfare. And then there's other times, like I said, where you're on these maps and it's like, I've seen this map before and now I'm here again, Hmm. just doing something as part of a story and then you have these other ones, like I said, where you jump in. It's like, no, this was custom created. This is a whole new thing. And so, like I said, that's why I'm kind of split on this. Like, there's times in which, yeah, it's really cool. And then there's times where it's like, this feels recycled. So, okay. I think IGN, I saw, gave it like a four, um, which is tough. Um, I don't know. You know, I haven't finished it, like I said. Um, but there is, there's, there's an element of cheapness in there. Um, but then there's also the side of me that says, hey, you know, I'm enjoying myself. I'm having fun. I'll see how long it is. That's always, a, I think, a big thing. How, how much time, you know, did you really give me in here? Yeah. Um, I really don't know. I would guess I'm like halfway through. I think I've spent maybe five hours, which would be about right. I think, you know, 10, 16, somewhere in that range is usually what these things are. If it's any shorter than 10 hours, it's usually kind of a short campaign um. Yeah, we'll see. So I don't know. Not not a definitive score or anything, but uh, okay. just kind of my quick thoughts on it. Um, the one other thing that we watched was the movie Pain Hustlers on Pain Hustlers on Netflix. Um, I'm trying to bring it up real quick. Um, this is a movie with it's David Yates. Um, movie from screenplay based on the book called Wells Tower. Um, and it features okay. uh, Emily Blunt, Chris Evans, Catherine O'Hare, and uh, what's that other guy? Uh, Andy Garcia? Yeah, Andy Garcia. Um, so the idea is it's like 2010, 11, something like that. Um, and she gets a job with a new drug company that's selling a new version of fentanyl. And, uh, they, you know, they're helping to treat cancer pain and patients that have like really bad cases. They have these like sores in their mouth and like the current, I guess, I, I guess this is based on reality. I know it's like based on a true story, at least, you know, taking liberties, I guess. And this actually happens in our area. It's like Lakeland and Tampa are referenced. And I guess that's really where the company was. But there's like a popsicle that had the fentanyl in it then. And now they have like a new compound that can get their pain relief faster and, you know, help their suffering be less, I guess, with this certain type of uh, cancer. Sounds awful. But they, you know, dominate the market because they're you know, version is better, but then, you know, things tail off and then they start going off label. And, um, yeah, I don't want to give away everything that happens in the movie, but yeah, I guess this is kind of what happened. I assume, you know, not, not Hmm. knowing really what went on, but this was kind of what I guess started the whole fentanyl crisis, which is, you know, obviously a problem still to the, to the today. And I know I've known people that, I've had issues with it and even died from it. Mm. And, you know, I have at least one good friend that's in the, in the um, police force that has been on some of these raids and it can be, can be very dangerous. The concoctions that he finds there. Yeah. 
So, yeah, it's an interesting movie. It's fun. You know, Emily Brunt, Chris Evans, just <laughs> doing what they do. Um, so it was like lighthearted, sort of? Yeah, somewhat. You know, there's... Think think kind of Wolf of Wall Street, but like less dirty. You're like a big <laughs> short language, or something. But, but very much in that same kind of... Uh, shot in the same kind of way of like mm. Wolf of Wall Street, where it's like, isn't this crazy what happened? Right. Um yeah, I was trying to see what else he's made. He's made uh, Fantastic Beast movies, Legend of Tarzan. Mm, that's right, David Yates. So he did all the Harry Potter movies. Yeah, done a ton of them. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a good movie. I would definitely, I would definitely recommend it okay. as a watch. I mean, you know, it's a it's a tough subject. I, I know it's, it seems like it's affected a lot of people's lives, but um, yeah, it's interesting to to see at least this perspective of it. Like I said, I always take any movie with a grain of salt because it's it's one person's version yeah. of a tale, and so I I don't you know I hate to say oh well this is what happened well you know this is one person wrote a book and then one person translated that book into a movie and everybody has their own little opinion and spin on that so it's interesting in in what it is but uh, yeah I wouldn't base my worldview on what this, what this <laughs> right. movie says happened here. So. It's definitely more interesting when you see like places like I'm pretty sure I've been there. That is cool. We don't live that far from these places. Yeah, good cast. Oh yeah, it's it's definitely I would say it's definitely a step up from Netflix movies that I've seen before. It feels like it feels like a larger budget movie that we've seen before of this. You know, of the like movies come out, it'd be like a B tier movie to come out in theaters. You know, it's not, it's like, it's got all the budget, but you know, it's not a superhero movie and it's not a, you know, Scorsese. It's like, a this is a, you know, high budget comedy. Right. They don't even call it a comedy, but I, I would say, <laughs> I'd say there's comedy. There's a lot of silliness in it. Tongue in cheek stuff. Yeah. In the same way, Wolf of Wall Street's a comedy. So, right. You know. Right. So, yeah. How about cool. you? Um, several things. Um, I watched, uh, this, I had to like, remember that I watched this because, you know, we didn't do one last week for like Halloween. Uh, that would have been when we recorded, but, uh, I, Amber and I watched, uh, the fall of the house of Usher. I brought this up briefly when I, when we started it, uh, Mike Flanagan, who is, uh, my boy, I think he's amazing. Um, a few things that he's done that I've just praised the living crap out of, uh, midnight mass, and uh, Haunting of Hill House, I think, are just, they're just like, they're tins. I think they're just fantastic. Um, he has these sensibilities that I just generally gravitate towards and really like. A lot of character-first kind of writing. A lot of writing, generally. Uh, what he does in a lot of his movies, there's a lot of monologues that take place that are usually really well done. He works with this, honestly, he works with like, mostly the same actors he'll throw a new one in every now and then but he has these uh these actors that'll just rotate into these different characters it's actually kind of fun it, it, it's kind of it makes watching his projects sort of fun because like these actors will just show up just frequently and just in whatever show or movie he's made and it's uh it, it i don't know it almost like endears you to the actors and to the filmmaker at the same time uh follow the house of usher um it, it's kind of like um almost a, a mashup 
of a lot of Edgar Allan Poe uh, works. I mean, Fall of the House of Usher is a Poe story, but there's also a lot of flavors of uh, Pit and the Pendulum, The Raven, also The Black Cat. There's a lot of them uh, are kind of like heavily referenced. I don't think any story from any of those uh, poems are uh, are told exactly. Not like I don't think any at all, but they're referenced frequently and like the theming of them will always make their way into a lot of these episodes. Um, what, okay. So the good and the bad of the show, I'll, I'll just kind of hit it that way. I mean, I think the, uh, the thing that Mike Flanagan always does well is his dialogue writing, I think is always really sharp and just really good. His the acting is really well done and uh, just uh, the filmmaking, a lot of great shots. It's composed in ways where you're like, wow, this is cool. There's a lot of great imagery that kind of like sticks in your brain as far as like, oh, that's a memorable image. You know what I mean? Um, and I think all that is done just really well. Um, I think the uh, plot is constructed very well, too. Um, the plot is, I think, it's fleshed out in a way where you watch the first episode and you're like, I'm not really sure what kind of story this is yet. And it like reveals itself as it goes as far as like who, like why is this happening to these characters, to this family? What, what is happening? What has set this in motion? And you kind of learn more and more as the show goes on. Um, I do. I, unlike a lot of his other works that I've seen recently, I do have some serious critiques of this one. Um, I, I, Love him because of usually how how he does his characters. I feel like he really puts a lot of care and attention into each individual characters, which is a uh, a feat because he usually has a lot of characters in his in his uh, stories. It's usually these ensemble casts where you grow to understand each uh, character and with through their flaws and their strengths and all that. Uh, this is a story about a lot of characters who are generally despicable as far as like what they do and who they are. They're awful, terrible people. And um, I think it's, it can be, it can be tough. I think for a writer to write for characters like this. I mean, I, I think, I think he falls into one of the traps that a lot of people do. I think he, I think he overly judges them in a way to where it's like you can have a despicable, horrible character, but at the end of the day, to feel that they are fully formed characters, three-dimensional characters, whereas if you focus too much on their flaws, they become like supervillains, like two-dimensional, mustache-twirling, pure evil like supervillains. And I feel like a lot of the characters in this fall into that. Um, I don't know, maybe a... A, a problem where there is wasn't enough time. Like there's too few episodes. There's like uh, eight episodes or so, and there's like each. It's almost like each one's almost like an anthology where it's like you discover what happens to each member of this family, um, and the way they kind of portray these characters. I feel like I'm like man, what like a character will do something horrible where you're like that's a horrible thing to do. But I find myself being like man, why would they do that? Like, I don't understand why this character would do that. And there's a lot of stories where it's like that, that is commonplace. But with Mike Flanagan, I kind of have higher expectations where I feel like if he's going to make a character do something incredible, there's going to be incredible attention 
drawn to for you to understand why like why they would even if you don't agree even you're not supposed to be like oh i understand i feel sympathy you're not supposed to i'm not saying that i'm saying to the point where you're like yeah that makes sense for this character to do or like ah the moment at last um but there's like Mm -hmm. a a moment where this husband does something so terrible to his wife and i'm like why is he just crazy i i don't understand you know i just it's a lot of this stuff's interesting and it's well acted and the plot it makes sense from a plot perspective, but I want it to make sense from for like a character perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I've, th- I've like, you know, I would have liked a little bit more attention to that sort of thing. But all in all, the show's good. The show's really good, actually, because of all the you know good things I've said about it. But because of the high standard I hold this uh, director and writer to, I just wish there was a little bit more thought put into to these characters and to make them feel a little bit more more rounded not not every character isn't there are a couple exceptions but i think for the most part based on how many characters there are a lot of them feel um not fully fleshed out which um is a little disappointing for me um but Mm -hmm. but i but all in all very happy i watched the show a lot of good stuff in it um yeah, next up. The same lady from uh, Gerald's game. Dude, yeah, she, this girl, she's in like so many of these freaking things that he's done. She's Midnight Mass too. Midnight Mass, like it goes Haunting on and on. Haunting a Blind Manor. Haunting a Blind Manor, Haunting a Hill House. She's in hmm. so many of them. And so is uh uh is she the only uh woman of her age that he knows in Hollywood? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but whatever whatever reason he's like ob- obsessed with her and like She's done a lot over the years though. I mean, we we know her from way before even oh, yeah. any of this stuff. Absolutely. Definitely. She's been working for a long time. And it, it's funny that he works so much with Henry Thomas who was Elliot in um ET. He's in a lot of stuff. He, he that uh you I don't know why he likes him so much. I mean, he's a good actor, but he used him in uh in a very interesting way in a Dr. Sleep. If you ever see that movie, it's almost a cameo, but it's a very interesting way to mm-hmm. use that character. But anyways, uh, she goes yeah. back to 88. She's been in wow. so many things. So yeah, obviously a working actor. What? 105. She's 105 acting credits. Goodness gracious, man. Four yeah, things she- coming up too. Good for her. She does it. It's she awesome. does the thing. Yeah, yeah she's it, always been good. Yeah, and there's Carla a Carla. Carla. Yeah. Um, yeah, Carla. Gino. Yeah, I can't say it very well. <laughs> and uh, Mark Hamill's in the show, and he he plays a character who is mm. he, he does it really well. Like he plays this this really cool character. I'm intrigued by. He, I don't really count him among the like ones where you're like, oh, there should have been more time because he's more of a side character than part of the ensemble. But when he comes in, I'm always like listening to what he has to say. He's just done so well, and he's this cunning character that I'm just like, oh man, I. I, the fact that we don't have a lot of him is kind of what makes him super cool, but I want more of him. And that's kind of like, that's how you know it's kind of well done. We're just like, man, either Mar- the way Mike wrote that or the way Mark played it, so cool. <laughs> I, I love that yeah. character in this. Cool. Um, anyways, great stuff in that. Um, a few other things uh, here. Um, yeah, I've also watched Loki. I brought that up. Uh, I am enjoying that. Um, Spider-Man 2. Um, as promised, I'll talk about it once I finished it. And I, I finished it today. 
Um, I got the platinum trophy, and so I've thoroughly uh, completed Spider-Man 2. Um, yeah, it's, it's excellent. I, I don't have a lot of criticisms to throw its way, but I'll try to like unwrap like why it's good. And, uh, there's a few things that I, I can, I can complain about. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I feel like it's interesting how this game, how it's next gen, you know what I mean? Like it's becoming kind of weird to see like what makes a game in like this PS5 series X generation like what makes it uh next gen is it just the fact that it's 4k is in 60 frames per second like what it's there's few like actual games that are like you know primed for next gen like this is a next gen game um and so it's interesting to like look at some of these and be like what makes it next gen um whereas like with spider-man 2 it's kind of interesting you look at the cut say the cutscenes from this game or in Spider-Man 1 like maybe like the PS5 version of Spider-Man for that came out in the, on the PS4 originally and and it's like when you look at like the facial the faces and like the mocap and like kind of the engine itself it's similar but it's like when you play the game it's when you're like oh wow this feels it like has a thing where it feels next gen because of just the way the game is just constantly flexing and just doing the craziest stuff constantly. They're not I'm not spoiling much because this happens at the very beginning of the game. This is like almost like a tutorial. There's this big thing at the beginning of the game where you and Miles fight Sandman and he's this giant sand monster. And he uh, just takes Miles and just throws you and you stay in that perspective. <laughs> you stay like as Miles during that time and you just watch yourself fly super quickly across the city just whoa and then you have to go back and it's just like that feels next gen because you're rendering in the city at such a fast rate and with so much detail it's that's one of those ssd moments where you're like holy crap this feels just insane and there's a lot of moments throughout the game like that. It's not just a moment here, a moment there. They really do take advantage of it to where you really do feel the like the hardware flexing its muscles throughout the game. And um, stuff like that and just particle effects and just craziness, how like many things the game will throw at you while you're doing just so much. There's just a lot. It, they, like instead of opting to make it like let's do a new engine and let's make every character look like they're from a Pixar movie or whatever. Instead of doing that, it looks better. Like it definitely looks better than like the first Spider-Man game or for, than Miles Morales. Like there's a lot more density to the world there's a lot more draw distance it's like stuff that just make it look and feel good but they really flex when it comes to like gameplay stuff to where it's like okay this couldn't be done before from a gameplay perspective and um it's cool um other things that are good i mean i feel like they've um improved the combat in a lot of different ways like in the first game like just for reference like Spider-Man would have a lot of abilities and a lot of gadgets that f- kind of almost felt uh, 
cumbersome to use in a way like if you were to use a gadget one of spider-man's gadget you'd pull up the wheel you know you'd press that button hold that button down and the wheel would come up and you'd select which which web gadget you want to use and you use them one at a time depending on which one you want to use so they've streamlined that completely instead of doing that they're like okay here's four gadgets and we've mapped it to just your face buttons you hold um r1 and press the face button and it does that one and it's just it's so much better oh my god it's so much better and both miles and peter also have their abilities which are also mapped to the face button but it's you press l1 and you press whichever one and how they have like you know the cool down meters and all that stuff all that stuff is so much better because the way it was done in the original one could was like bordered on like either confusing or in like a way where you just feel like you wouldn't use a lot of that stuff but i'm constantly using abilities constantly using the gadgets and i feel like i'm utilizing everything that the game wants me to utilize which Huge improvement. Uh, that it's crazy. It's like well, it's one of those things where I didn't know it needed to be improved that much until they they did it, and I'm like, okay, that this is so much better. Um, so yeah, gameplay wise is great. The the web swinging throughout the city is improved so much. It's one, it feels faster. The web wings are a huge game changer. There's a few abilities that they added to just give you more versatility while web swinging. It is one of those games where I feel like I look at the playtime that I've played and I just wonder how much of that is just me kind of swinging around just because I'm I'm having fun, just kind of getting place to place. There's a really quick fast travel that they give you, but often I feel like I'm just web swinging my way to the next destination just because I want to. I want to feel like awesome as I'm like web swinging throughout the city. Um, yeah, that is worth its weight in gold. That's like, I feel like the web swinging throughout the city. I mean, obviously, obviously that's going to be like half the fun of the game where you're just like, if you need to nail how it feels to web swing, because you think of Spider-Man and that's what you think of. You think of being sweet and web swinging throughout the city. Um, okay. Um, lastly, uh, the story, um, I feel the story is, you know, I, I've said this before. I think I've said it a few times where, to me, uh, these are like my favorite versions of these characters, of Peter and Miles. I feel like they, they feel definitive, but they also, without feeling generic, they feel original, but still feel classic in a way to where it feels like everything you that they should do, they do, but they have unique aspects about them that that ties them into this universe. Um, and I really, really love him. I mean, I think they're awesome. And, um, the story, um, is very good. They have like a few big things that they juggle with the main, the main threats being, uh, Craven, the hunter and venom. And, uh, they also have to tie in like black suit, Spider-Man and all that stuff. And it's done so well. And like tying in, like Craven into that, making him a big villain, but also Venom and having that being the creeping threat. Um, it's all great. I do feel I feel bad, you know, for that they have that Craven movie coming up, and I'm like, great. Now a lot of people are gonna have this fresh in their minds, and they have to kind of like live up to that. But great stuff. Uh, I do feel there are a few things towards the end of the game that like. Um, I'm like what (laughs) like I it's like they I feel like they did a few things for gameplay purposes that um that I don't understand their story reasons for it for it like there's I can't really get into it obviously because it's like major spoiler territory Mm -hmm. but 
it's it's one of those things where it's like okay that that was a little sloppy but i understand the reason why you did it you did it so you can have this gameplay thing happen but the reasoning is <laughs> very convenient and uh but only a few quibbles here and there i feel like all in all it's excellent man i mean there's going to be another one of course um i don't really know what they're going to do you know, it's one of those things like I feel like this game has been set up for a while as far as like Venom's yeah. been been. Te it was teased in the first one. He was teased in Miles. They've continued to tease Venom. Um, and now that they've done Venom um, and they're teasing other things, of course, but it's hard to imagine it kind of reaching the scale of what they've done here. But yeah, this is great. This is freaking classic. I mean, the, these are going to be known as some of the greatest or of like the greatest superhero games ever made alongside of the Arkham series. Um, fantastic. Extremely happy with it. Uh, there, a lot, there was a lot of, just to uh, address this really quick. There was a lot of talk about the length. Um, this, to me, it, it felt similar to the first one, which, but, but that being said, I feel like this was a better paced game than the first one i feel like it's of similar length but what they do with their time is much more streamlined and much more has a lot more momentum than the first one did and the first one had a lot of momentum but i feel like there's a lot less moments in this game where you're like you feel like you're going through padding like you don't i don't feel that very much yeah. throughout this game and yeah i mean i i don't think i'd want it any longer it took me i think about 24 hours to 100 percent it this mm -hmm. isn't i, I don't quite know it's quite a bit i i think it's quite a bit for this kind of game like i mm -hmm. i'm i'm not expecting gta or red dead levels of of playtime. that's not that this kind of game and this game's huge as far as the spectacle and, and as far as like what it does yeah, I feel like I realized I had been muted earlier. <laughs> I, oh, was, I was gonna ask you. Um, yeah, please. Craven the Hunter, did you feel at all like that was a product of them wanting to cross over there a little bit and have have it on the front of people's minds with the other movie coming out? I think. I mean, that could be part of it. I think Craven has been. Um, I guess it's hard to say. Probably, it, it's hard to say. I think it's it could be yeah. both because like it's like a chicken and egg situation because uh, Craven yeah. has had a biz big resurgence as a character and he is a character that people want to see pop up in this game. Like when when he was announced, people were like, oh great, great Craven, you know, because it plays out this storyline that people like called Craven's Last Hunt. And it plays that storyline out in a way, like obviously with its own unique twists. But that's a storyline that people have been wanting to see in this game, and they did it. And I think the fact that they have a movie coming out for Sony is probably a either happy coincidence or they just they planned it this way, and it just kind of goes hand in hand that he's popular, people want it. And we have a movie coming out. It, it can be all of these things, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, uh, it'll be interesting. Definitely, I, I don't mean, know what what that movie's gonna be like. I mean, I saw the trailer. I mean, they're gonna be two like, completely different things, right? I mean, it's yeah. just gonna be the same character, but I doubt yeah, it's gonna be anything that crosses over at all. 
with these this like villain verse that they're like building out <laughs> in like the Sony yeah. universe. I it's like they're they become like in a point where they're so far from how they are interact in a Spider-Man universe to where it's like these are villains. These are not people you're supposed to mm-hmm. like, even though even if you come to Feel understand for. them and enjoy yep. their villainy, you're not supposed to root for them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Definitely. It's a strange position that they've put themselves in with these films. I don't really know why they're doing this. But, but hey, uh, I'm glad Craven was in the game <laughs> either way. Um, yeah. Not a lot of complaints there, but that's how I felt playing the game. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I think, that's, I think that's all I got. I'm playing through Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Um, just kind of really taking it slow with that one. These games aren't, aren't like, speaking of length, I mean, these kind of games aren't long. It's a 2D side-scroller. They're almost never long. And so I'm just kind of savoring savoring it, kind of picking it up and playing through a world here I and heard there. it was pretty difficult. That's what I heard. There are difficult parts. For sure, especially if you want to like hundred percent it, you know. Uh, I imagine if I just made my way through it, uh, no. But I am. I don't know if I'm hundred percenting it, but I'm definitely gonna play through each level because you know you don't you have that option not to. You can move through the game while collecting enough wonder seeds, is what they call, to move the story forward and get beat the next castle and move on to the next world. There's a lot of levels you can skip because they there is like it's not linear. In a lot of ways, you'll like reach the world map and you can kind of like freely run around the little the little map, you know, and select which level you want to and which order you want to. And there's a lot of levels you can just run by. You can be like, oh, I have enough wonder seeds. I'm just going to go to the castle. But I am trying to beat each level. And there's been a couple where I was like, oh, it's, I've died a few times here. And so, yeah, there's some difficulty there. Cool. Did you watch the trailer for Echo? Uh, I read some talk about it, but no, I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, I, I was I so busy the, this weekend; I didn't get a chance to. Well, you know what, Luke? I made time when I went when we when I went to meet you at Smoky Bones. I sat there in the parking lot for a little bit. And I watched that trailer. <laughs> I was not alone for one second. This weekend, uh, that's true. So. That's true. You have to be like. And I was the me. only one who had a car out of the four of us. So. <laughs> Wasn't a good moment for it, right? Um. Yeah, uh, you talk, it, I'll watch. I, I don't know what to say about this. I mean, it's one of those <laughs> things where does the show look bad? No, not particularly. They're airing it all at once, which I, I feel is uh, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know why. The, my question is, why? Why are they doing this? And yeah, I, I don't know. It's is it is a scheduling thing or is it we don't have a lot of confidence in this? And so if we release it all at once and be like, here it is, here it all is. You don't have like the the bad news cycle of week to week to week, people not enjoying the show. You know what I mean? That It's hard for me not to be a little skeptical when it's something they generally don't do. Um, and so it just leaves me to wonder why and it makes me kind of think it might be for reasons of the show not being very good but i don't know i don't know yeah. the, the trailer didn't make me think this show's gonna suck it looked fine um it's gonna be tvma which is the first one they've done yeah. uh, for disney plus so of any kind right i mean of any show at all of any show at all it is, is absolutely so weird right. to see 
a Disney show like that. Right. And then like right off the back of this, we got the announcement that Blade will be rated R. I mean, we also knew that Deadpool 3 will be rated R. So it's it's that's it's crazy. Yeah, it's they they had to do that. They had to do that, especially for Deadpool, especially. I mean, I don't know. You might you might be able to skim your way by making Blade PG-13, even though I wouldn't recommend it. But yeah, Yeah. it's got to be bloody. Yeah. At least not bloody. It doesn't work. Yeah, it's it's a little strange. Um, but yeah, I, I just wanted to bring that up real quick because you know it's impending show that uh, <laughs> yet another one, but releasing all at once. That's uh, yeah. It's interesting. I've now watched it. Yeah. A lot of kingpin. Know. A lot of kingpin yeah. in it. Yeah, I cannot say kingpin is one of my favorite characters in. Marvel. Yeah. He's not a, yeah. Because he's bald. (laughs) No, it is not because he's bald. Just don't find him super interesting. He seems obtrusive. Mm. No. Anyways, look forward to Daredevil. So I'm going to have to, (laughs) I'm going to have to live with Kingpin because he's going to come hand in hand with that. And Daredevil is going to be in Echo. He, He appeared for a, brief second during the trailer blink and you miss it yeah but yeah we'll see right so the main thing one of the big things i want to talk about i don't know if there's anything else to really talk about but this this dropped a few hours before uh we started recording the show um and i think it's pretty giant news i mean this is uh just a jump right to it uh, this has been officially announced by Nintendo and uh, Shigeru Miyamura that um, they are making a live-action film of The Legend of Zelda. Um, in similar vein as Mario, this will be a, a Hollywood movie made in America, um, produced by Avi Arad, sorry, um, with Sony. Um, so yeah. Um, it is happening. He said it directed that, by the Maze Runner director mm-hmm. Wes Ball. Yeah. Um, what else has he directed? Wes That's Ball. A good question. Okay, I I don't really know. Okay, so okay, yeah, we got the. Uh, oh no, those are art departments. Let me see. What has he directed? He hasn't. He has not directed much. He's pretty much just directed the Maze Runner movies. Yeah, those are the only movies he's done as far as directing. Hmm. Yeah, I mean that doesn't say anything bad to me. I, I I like those movies. I I that that's one of those things where you like you sometimes you see like if he was like oh director of I don't know Electra and I'd be like oh you know what I mean. But <laughs> there's nothing in those movies that would make me think uh oh you know what I mean. I think those movies are pretty good. <laughs> so interesting for sure. There's a lot to I think even more than Mario there's a there's gonna be a lot of discussion about this because with Mario it's so abstract and the fact that it's animated and stuff there's like you you almost don't really have much to talk about until until some media is out there you know but with this yeah. there's so many directions it can go in so <laughs> many different no IM, things IMDB page for it yeah it's interesting I mean, they've kept this one close to the vest. There hasn't been... I mean, there's always... I feel like every other year, 
there's some rumor about a Zelda thing coming up. There was a rumor about a Zelda live action Netflix show. There would then being like, oh, Illumination is going to now direct an animated Zelda. And none of that came to be. And apparently this has been in the works for years, according to uh, Miyamoto, um, that it's something that they've just consistently been working on. And so as far as how far along that is on a script level, who knows? But yeah. I feel like similar to Mario, it's going to be a good long while before we actually see this thing start to take off, you know, because I feel like we got an announcement about the Mario project definitely a few years before we started to like actually see some media mm-hmm. as far as like. It's definitely um, interesting. The Miyamoto, we've been working on this for many years that yeah. I find that interesting. You don't, um, I don't feel like I normally have hear these things specifically video game adaptations of any kind where when they're announced it's like oh yeah this has been years in the work it's just not usually like that you know yeah i mean it's usually like well we've got a script right and we're gonna film this now you know prince of persia here we go yeah oh boy that looks interesting Hope it's good. The thing I think like a big part of that is is like how heavily involved Nintendo is. I mean, they were heavily involved in Mario in a way where I feel like you don't get that as much. Like obvious like I think what a good uh example of when you do get it is The Last of Us, where it's like a lot of the creators of the yeah. show were right there, hand in hand with yeah. HBO making the show with them. And a uh, mm-hmm. similar kind of situation with Mario where they're there signing off on probably every micro decision to be made. And just like, just like with the halo. Sh- oh, wait a minute. Shut up with the, Oh my God. Uh, it's actually the exact opposite of that with the halo show. They actually had spite for the original material. We just hate oh, him my so heart. much. Master chief. We just uh, think he's so terrible. My and I don't think there heart. should be a, a Halo show, which is why we're making a Halo show. <laughs> I mean, that's just you know, kind of two sides of the of the coin there, and it it's just it's frustrating when you see it done in that way. I mean, you know, some people found some enjoyment out of the Halo show, but I was very disappointed, and it's frustrating when you th- see things done better. Right, like we have um, Sonic, The Last of Us, probably Last of Us, yeah, probably the the best example for me. I I did enjoy Sonic. I thought it was it was about as good as you could have done for a Sonic movie. You know, I didn't think it was the most amazing thing, but honestly, right. you know, the the source material is not. It, it, you're not yeah. you don't have a lot to work with, so it's like it's everything you can do to create a story that you know touches people and, and connects them to Sonic, and I think they did that. But The right. Last of Us. You're working with an amazing story that's already been told in a super cinematic way. And the only way you can really disappoint is either not doing it justice or, I don't know. It's just like you you, you can only go up, really. I, I can see people complaining about, like, well, this was already done. Sure, but in a more accessible way for everyone to watch. And so... Yeah, I think, you know, with that being said, my, my input of The Legend of Zelda is just like, 
you have a really cool story that I don't know very well and you know so much more about, but from where I'm sitting, it's like there's so many stories from what I've seen not having played. I don't think I've ever finished a, a Zelda game, but um, there seems like there's a lot of stories to be told. There's a lot of characters and a lot of time periods that you could travel to for different quests that Link has gone on. Um, and I think the hardest part is just going to be it's like you have this giant bowl of soup, basically, that is all these Legend of Zelda games over the years. And it's like, how do you boil it down, concentrate it into perhaps what you find as the most interesting story? Um, I don't think it would do well to retell one of the games. And I think that could be a trap that, you know, creative could fall into where you say, you know, I like Heavenly Sword or something. And then you tell that tale instead of telling an original tale and I think I think that would be the way to do I think you have to take the things that fans like the most and try to create a story that makes sense canonically but is its own independent thing that that's what I would try to do if I was tasked with trying to create a movie yeah these games and I I think uh, I've I think that I hopefully think that will be what they do. I don't think this is going to be Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time or, or Breath of the Wild or anything like that. If I were to guess, I mean, it very well could easily been, end up being that. Like as far as like but looking sword. at it's probably Heavenly Sword. It's probably Heavenly Sword. <laughs> Skyward Sword. But like looking at this. Well, that's um, the that's the sequel that's still in the works. Oh, of course. <laughs> I think there's a game already called Heavenly Sword as well. It was a PS3 You didn't know game. that was a Zelda game? Jordan? I didn't know that with a red hair chick. Um, this, uh, I feel like as far as lore and story, I feel like they almost have their pick of the litter. Like I feel like in order to construct a three-act structure, I feel like they have like carte blanche to like so many different things they can pull from that I feel like that's the easier job. I think what where they're going to have the biggest challenge is character writing and I mean writing, uh, you know, like script writing, like for the actual dialogue and uh tone, like figuring out the tone for like a movie is I think that's going to be a really difficult task cuz like Legend of Zelda is many things as far as like its tone. I feel like, you know, I can often be extremely serious, but it can often be really campy. Like as far as like on the campy side, you have some of these characters that are just zany. And some of the things that Link does is, is like really zany. And like, if you take it too seriously, um, I feel like, you know, it could fall flat, but obviously if you take it, make it too ridiculous, like if you make it farcical, nobody wants that. Like nobody wants like, it to be a comedy, absolutely not. With Mario, you can pretty much veer as much into comedy as you want with something like that. But with Zelda, I think you can veer too serious, um, and you can also veer too funny. Like I feel like it, that balance. When I say too funny, you know, like it's. I don't think it should rest between comedy and action. I feel like it should definitely be more of this fantasy action thing. But for, it's not going to be humorless. It can't be completely humorless and bereft of some of the more lighthearted aspects of the franchise. I mean, it's, it's hard to know what to look to. It's, it's really hard to, that's going to, I think that's going to be the thing that's going to be hard to nail down. And, um, obviously link is going to talk. I mean, link has to be a talking, living, breathing character that, you know, has a personality. Um, but it's going to be 
interesting to walk that line. It's gonna it's because like with Mario, you just know he's just gonna talk like a normal person, but with Link, it's a little different because Link has an established personality, even if of of being stoic and a little bit more silent. Not completely silent, obviously. He can't be a completely silent character. That'll be ridiculous. That would be so absurd. Um, so he's going to have to be able to talk, but I think like he might have to be a kind of character that doesn't that talks a little less than you know than a lot of others. I I don't know how they're gonna do it and walk that line. I don't know if he'll have a companion that he has to like bounce off of and who does more talking. I mean that that's often what those kind of characters do. They're if there's a character that's more quiet and you need dialogue, you just pair him up with someone who talks more. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. There's a lot of possibilities as far as that stuff's concerned, but the story stuff, that's exciting. If I was a writer and I was trying to figure out the story, that would be exciting. I'd be like, that's awesome. We can do this. Um, because like the, because if you try to do a game, there's no way it would be long enough. You're going to have to make it something simple. Like instead of like, you know, how in the Ocarina of Time, in the first act of the game, you have to find these three relics. And then towards the uh, the second half, you have to find these eight. And there's all these different dungeons you go to. They're going to have to obviously tighten that up into something that's a lot simpler. Like it could be finding the pieces of the Triforce and having that be it. And like making the Triforce center stage. That would be that would be kind of what you'd do, I think. And maybe you take the kind of the setting of Ocarina of Time, which has a super classic setting, which is easy to understand. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. But if I were them in that department, I'd be excited. I'd be like, this is, there's so much to pull from, so much lore. But as far as characters and writing and casting, yeah, man, that's where the challenge is. I can't wait to hear all the casting rumors and the casting, you know, fan casts and all that stuff. I can't wait to see it. I feel like it's, it's kind of fun almost and to see what people come up with and what Nintendo and Sony will yeah. eventually come up with. <laughs> it's, uh, it's kind of Indeed. exciting. I don't have any ideas, though. I've heard a few thrown around. I've heard Idris Elba is like Ganondorf and, hey, that sounds cool to me. Um, it, a lot of people saying Tom Holland for Link that kind of pains me a little bit just because of how many characters this guy is. <laughs> yeah. Would, would he make a bad Link? I don't know, but Sony's got his number right. <laughs> Sony does. I mean, can he really play Nathan Drake and Link? Good grief! Nope. No, right. He can, but I don't think he should. Right. It's definitely right. weird. I, I, I never like it when there's these actors that just keep getting <laughs> different parts. It's like, I just saw I him know. the other day in this movie. I know. Now he's I know. this as well. I don't want to feel like I'm hating, character. you know, because I do like him. I don't want to feel like I'm hating, but I feel the exact same way. <laughs> well, I just, I, I feel like it, there's something that like helps you escape reality and enjoy a movie more when it's like, oh, yeah this person really feels like they are them. And, and that was not something I felt with, with Nathan Drake. It just was like, right. yeah, I already said it in my review. It's just like, this just doesn't feel like a character. It just feels like the actors are hanging out. <laughs> yeah. We see him too much. It's really going to be yeah. bad if it's like that in Zelda, Oof. you know? Yeah. You do not want that to feel like a star in a fantasy world. Yeah. Definitely yeah. not. Where you really have to transport yourself 
to this world that's not Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I definitely would like it if so. Someone well, they're gonna have to resist that because you, you got the feeling with Mario that they really wanted this all star cast. Like the way they announced the cast for that, we got Chris Pratt, we got Jack Black, and you know, I it worked for Mario, but with as you said, being a fantasy world, you're gonna have to suspend your disbelief a little bit more and. Yeah, you don't want to be distracted by, like, the star-studded cast. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But, yeah, it, this is crazy news, I think, you know, as, as far as gamers. They, this is, like, the, one of the old, you know, again, this is one of our classics. This is from 1986. This is an old franchise. Like, it's the, the, the thought of this getting a movie. Like, if there were any... Nintendo property uh, to get a movie Zelda was like the first in a lot of people's minds as far as like imagining a movie because it was the first to feel super cinematic um, out of their properties and so like people have been have had this swirling around in their imaginations for so long and the fact that it's actually happening is a pretty big deal um, so I'm, I'm kind of Looking forward to the ride. I'm cau- I'm cautiously optimistic. You know, I feel like they have a real opportunity yeah. to make something great. It's not one of those franchises where, like Sonic, with Sonic, I'm like, how do you, how do you, eat? you know, and I don't even know how you'd really do it well. And I was kind of amazed that they were able to do it as well as they could. But with this, it's somewhere in between where I'm like, there's so much there that's rife for a film, but there's so many aspects of it where I would that you could easily stumble. Uh, on the approach. Oh yeah, it's a it's a huge world they're dipping into. Oh yeah, God yeah, costumes, man. Like that 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 must be like this. There must be a team that's just well, obviously there's a costume team, but the the, the discussion around Link's costume in this thing has to be just. Oh my God, I can't imagine like discussing of. Okay, right. do we do the green tunic? If so, do we tone it down? Do we or do we go in this other direction? Like I can't imagine mm-hmm. what is being discussed behind the scenes. Holy moly. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. I, I that that's definitely be an interesting project. Right. That's all I got. I mean, it's gonna probably be a while, I imagine, before we get any more news. It's gonna be ages probably before we get some sort of casting. I would have said suspect. they've been working on it for years. So True, I what that means. They might have a short list. For all I know, they already have a short list of actors that they are already like discussing auditioning. Obviously they can't audition yet because of everything that's going on. It's a weird thing they can't even announce things. It was like that rumor that with like Fantastic Four that as soon as the strike is over, they'll be able to announce who the Fantastic Four is cast as. But they can't do it. That's a so who knows? Who knows where they're at as far as that's concerned, but yeah. It's interesting. His uh, his next movie is Planet of the Apes: Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, which opens May twenty fourth. Really? Year. So that'll be a huge movie for him. Absolutely. Proving ground. It'll be interesting for... to see how that does. Yeah. Do you saw the trailer? No. Yeah. It's like you know they're just inching closer and closer to like 
being like at that planet of the apes that we know. I mean, if this one doesn't end with like the rocket coming down, I'd be surprised. Yeah. Basically, I'd yeah. be very surprised because yeah. that's where it looks like they're there. You know, it looks like okay, here we are. It's been going for so long. Right. Right. It's crazy. Rise Rise of the Planet of the Apes came out so long ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now we don't even have Caesar as a main character. I mean, it's kind of like almost we're starting over again. I don't know. But either way, the, the, those movies were all good. So <laughs> I don't really have too much to be concerned about, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is crazy. Because he hasn't done one in so long. Yeah. West Ball. Uh, and now, boom. Is he, was he all of a sudden like, you know what? Time to... After the uh, Maze Runner death, cur- death Cure, it's time to dust off the old directing boots. After it's interesting that you just take the Matt Reeves thing and then it's like you're tacking this onto the end of it, right? Right, or I don't know strange. what their plans are for it. It's uh, very interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I, I, I don't know. I, I kind of felt like they were done. I, I didn't see this coming. It's been I six years since that last movie. I knew it. I knew they couldn't resist coming back and trying to connect it and get that right. I swear, they, they're they like determined to get to where Planet of the Apes starts. I, I feel like it. They're like, we're so close. We just got to push a little bit more and we'll be there. And then we can start all over again. You know what I mean? And then we can get yeah. our main character, main human character. You know, I don't know, but either way. Wonder if they'll talk about the like time traveling part of it. Right, right. Because we we haven't really gotten any of that. The only thing we've gotten is in Rise of the Planet of the Apes. There was a news article that you see uh, like an, on a paper that says that the rocket disappeared, and so that's on like they lost okay. contact with the rocket. I missed that. And well, blink and you miss it, <laughs> but but that's all we got, and for um, up until probably it is a cool idea. Yeah, the whole time travel part of it specifically for me. Yeah, I, I love that original movie. So, uh, and not so much the Tim Burton one. So, but I'd be happy to see them take another whack at it. There's so much you can do, like you know, fiction wise, and so I'm not opposed yeah. at all to them taking a crack at it. But uh, anywho, um, Luke, is there anything that's popped up um, in your head or like uh, online that you feel like is worthy of discussion? You mentioned, okay, you did mention the the thing with the the, the trials and tribulation of the MCU, the latest development when it comes to uh, some of these legacy characters. Yeah, and I was trying to find the specific article. Um, this one is saying Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans have reportedly agreed to return to the Avengers, which is just wild. I mean, if you're if you're into this stuff, if you care about it at this point, um, you know, I, I don't blame people for having moved on in their life, but it is wild if you do still follow this kind of stuff that that they would bring back the old Captain America and Robert Downey and. I thought they were even saying, um, wow, what's her name? Um, Scarlett Johansson. I, I thought I'd seen something about that, but I could be wrong about that. Um, but yeah, I just, 
I don't even know how to take that. I don't even know what to think about that. It's just so strange. It just felt so final. Um, it's like, okay, I, I, I don't know how you're going to justify that to moviegoers, but um, I'm sure it'll get people in if you tease that. Um, I mean, it doesn't like surprise me beyond belief just because, you know, people are going to try to make money any way they can, but it did feel like Marvel had this like commitment to being true to the story and not like going crazy with revivals and stuff like this, like they do in the comics. It felt like they were trying to be like, no, we've done this. We've put this to bed and it's to bed now. And if they do this, it's going to kind of open it up to like, so what, what does death mean? You know, what does a final a story's ending mean? doesn't mean anything apparently until the actor's no longer with us. Like you just feel like anybody can show up in, 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 in anything at this point. Right. I mean, to me, there's a few, I have, I have a few questions like, um, obviously we don't have the answers to any of these, but one in what capacity, uh, are they coming back? Are they coming back? Just period. We're back, guys. Hey, whatever magic happened, we're back. Or is this like sort Do of a camp? Four like, more independent movies, right? If it, is it that, or is it literally like an appearance for some reason? Like it, their split personality from a different time, different right. multiverse, a variant, yeah, or something like that that shows up for a fight in. In like freaking uh, Avengers, you know, King Dynasty or Secret Wars or something like that. I, I mean, I don't know. It, it really depends. I mean, okay, so if they're talking about, hey guys, we're back. We we just really want that goodwill. Then of course, no, that reeks of desperation and not creativity. <laughs> yeah. And uh, of course, I don't think I think everyone can see that. You know. But if it is something where it's like, hey, here's this neat little thing that we threw in it. I mean, I can be open to it depending on what they do. I think that's what it is. That's what this article is kind of saying. Um, And I think this is just them guessing. But they're saying since it is a multiverse story, every Marvel character is game. So you can see like Deadpool leading in, you know, to bring in Wolverine and maybe bring in some more X-Men. I can see it just being this giant in game style, but even bigger thing in Secret Wars, which oh yeah, is cool. I mean, it is. It's kind of like screen candy for people like us. So right, you know, is it going to have as much of an effect as as Endgame? No, I don't think anyone anything ever will because first time is always the big deal. Um, you know, it'll be the first time for some new characters, but it's just it's never going to be the same <laughs> as it was then. But uh, it'll still be fun. Yeah. So, that's cool. I mean, I, you know, those are two of my favorite characters. So it'd be cool to see them back in whatever capacity that looks like. My thing is like, this is what, this is what I think they should do. Um, after this, uh, this saga, the multiverse saga, take a break. Whatever happens at this, after, at the end of this needs to really kind of have some finality to it. Like I know freaking Endgame kind of did. But, like, in a way where it's, like, this universe um, can be rebooted at this point. Have an in-universe in reason for it, whatever. 
then take a long break. I'm talking like maybe like seven to ten years. And then I will absolutely not. Happen. I know. I know. I'm saying this is what I want. This is what they should do. And then or then people then you can and just then recast. Go out of business. Yeah. Does not make any Marvel. I mean, you can do other things. Why do people need jobs? Right. But uh, recast at a certain point, you know, because I the because you're right. I mean, this happens in the comics. Characters die. Time like time moves forward and they come back at some point. And I feel like you can do that in a certain way, but not in the, like this cynical way where it's like, gosh, we need that Captain America money or gosh, people miss Robert Downey Jr. so much. Let's just bring him back. We're struggling. You know what I mean? Instead to be like, these characters are eternal. We've reboot. We've reset the universe in a way where this world has a Captain America. He's a different actor or whatever. And, uh, but you know, I don't know. There's a lot that can be done, but because we're getting characters like Echo, which that show may be amazing for all I know, but we are in D list territory at this point. And these actors can't live forever. Even if the characters, you know, uh, can, <laughs> can and should, you know, it's like we, we can't have, you know, a lot of these actors playing these characters when they're 70, you know, it just doesn't make sense in a way where you can squeeze by with it with James Bond and John McClane and even John Wick and whatever other John you want to come up with. But these characters that are supposed to forever be bulky and ripped and intimidating. I don't know. You got freaking... Hugh Indeed. Jackman still showing up, whereas an immortal character, basically. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Anyways. That's where we're headed. Yeah. If maybe AI can help. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. This um, little tweet says that Chris Evans agreed to come back before the strike. Hmm. So things could have changed, I guess. Um, for Secret War, but I see. I don't know. I mean, we're getting in such rumor territory now. It's just hearsay. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, we can do a little hearsay. A little hear and a little say. The people have heard, and we said. And we said, yeah. <laughs> well, folks, we have a movie coming up. We're going to be seeing um, the Marvels in a couple days. How are you feeling before we we go into this? I want to, you know, get your get your feelings before um, we step I in. I can't say that I'm looking forward to this one super much but uh you know i'll keep my mind open yeah i mean uh i'm i'm ho- i'm hopeful you know i'm not sure i'm like how hyped i am um uh, the first trailer and like the first marketing push i was kind of like okay and uh but they they're starting to win me over a little bit with 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 some of it but who knows that's all just marketing who knows how things yeah. actually going to turn out i yeah. was not all the characters that I are thought leading. the Eternals look pretty good. Right. And it was. <laughs> no. No, um, it was not. <laughs> um, but like the the problem here is that these are care all these characters are characters I wanna like, but they have the, the show the like the shows and movies that have already come out have not convinced me to like these adaptations of them. And so I I'm rooting for it. I really want to like um, you know, Kamal Khan and Carol and Rambo and all, all these people. I, I really do. But, um, 
yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for redemption in my eyes. I, I know a lot of people like Ms. Marvel. A lot of people um, like Captain America. I don't know. Uh, Monica didn't really have much to do in uh, <laughs> WandaVision to really leave much of an impression on people, but I'm looking forward to seeing what she can do. I don't know. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see. I'm hoping for the best because honestly, in the, this whole scenario where we're like, oh crap, get Captain America in here to lead the Avengers, it should be Captain Marvel. I mean, in all honesty, but the problem is they just haven't really gotten her character and her story right to the point where it feels... Uh, as it should, as she should lead the Avengers, but I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, we'll see you guys next week when we talk all about it. That's right. See ya.